Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone. Mrs. AJ. Jones. Monsieur Jones. Why are you so beautiful tonight? Um, well, gosh, I have no idea. Uh, maybe it was my afternoon nap. It beautifies. You love your Sunday afternoon naps. I do. Even if it's like 20 minutes, it's worth it to me. It's worth it to me too, because during that time, I can play Nintendo. Yes, uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. Welcome, everybody, to episode 71 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. Welcome. Tell me about this week, baby. It was a good week. Um, this past week on the school, we talked on Healing Life's Hurts. What's that about? Um, it's about healing life's hurts. Yes. <laughs> Give me so, an example. Things like art of stone, inner vows, ungodly beliefs, deliverance, all that kind of good stuff. So basically stuff that's hurt us that we've managed to cope with. Yes. And what mechanisms that we've employed to help us cope but actually are robbing life from us so it's not only ministering into the pains but trying to dismantle the structures we've used to keep pain out yes that are usually keeping people out and god out as well right that was fun it was really good that week should be sponsored by kleenex at the school it really should i always feel a bit bad for the students when they look all eager died and happy and i think you have no idea what's coming i like the fact that we end (laughs) with deliverance and none of the students know Except for everybody who's listened to this podcast is coming to the school next year. Ah, nothing. Well, we'll just pray the Holy Spirit helps them forget. But the way we do deliverance is super easy. Yes, And super non-traumatic. Yes, we don't have any snarling or gnashing of teeth or any nonsense. Right. Yes. I remember when it was deliverance week on my school. And I had the same level of anxiety, I'm sure, that some of our students did. We're like, what's going to happen? But it was completely uneventful. My dad arrived this week. He did. From Scotland. From Scotland, and he brought his weather with him. Although he claims that it was really nice in Scotland. Well, in which case, Tennessee sent their weather to Scotland, and Scotland sent their weather to Tennessee. Right, because since the day he's arrived, it's been miserable. And rainy and drizzly. But it did get sunny today around five. And apparently it's super sunny tomorrow. Yay. And it's funny because our kids are all over Grandpa. And what I love about my dad is he's quite like me or I'm quite like him. In that he's, I was about to say I'm low maintenance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which that is not true at all. I well, love you, darling, but you're pretty far from low maintenance. Hey, I'm, can you give me some water? Hey, can you pass me that thing over there? Hey, do you know that I'm sitting down too? Yeah, but you know, it's it's closer for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> could I get a word in injury? What I mean is under the right circumstances, I'm low maintenance. Which circumstances? When you're sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this conversation is not going the way I wanted it to. Your father is low maintenance. <laughs> what I mean by that is he's completely content to just sit down and read a book all yes. day. Yeah. 
and he feed eats him. anything. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, but Saturday we realized it was the only day he had with the kids because the kids were at school. So we're like, what can we do on a rainy day in Tennessee that doesn't involve us driving a Chattanooga? Mm-hmm. And then we realized, hey, there's an aquarium restaurant. Yes, at the Opry Mills. So we drove there and the kids loved it. They did. There's only one shark, though. Yeah, and we ate it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was quite cute that Tia, our six-year-old, the server came over. And Tia's like, do you serve sushi? Because <laughs> you took her for sushi like a week or two ago, and now she's decided. Well, she's decided she doesn't like sushi, but she likes ordering sushi. Oh. And she likes watching sushi being made. So, But she does like salmon. Yeah, she asked for salmon. And they didn't have anything in a child portion. And I wasn't going to pay $21 for salmon. So, ta-da! Fish sticks it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is salmon, but look, it's uniform salmon and breadcrumbs. <laughs> you spoke this morning. I did. On... Wait for it. Yes. What did I speak on, baby? You spoke on wonder. But you spoke on cynicism. I you did. spoke on cynicism robbing you of wonder. I did. You were listening. That's amazing. I listened to both services. You're very, very In good. In fact, I tried to tweet something that you said. I wish I could remember it. It was about the atmosphere of heaven and that cynicism doesn't exist in the atmosphere of heaven. I can't remember. You said something that was just like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. And I tried to sign in to tweet it. Um, but because this is a new phone, I didn't have. Tweetbot set up, and by the time I got it set up, I had forgotten what you said. <laughs> you are adorable. Thanks. I'll look after you in your old age. Don't worry. Thank you. Do you know what you said, though? Do you know what quote I'm talking no about? No idea. Okay, I'll look after you too in your old age. <laughs> Apparently not, because when I ask you, give me water, it's the end of the world. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I think the biggest news of this week has to be the jingle news. Jingle news. Now, for those of you who are joining us, two weeks ago, AJ announced, a completely undiscussed, her <laughs> desire for a jingle, which is a bit of a problem for me because I don't really like jingles. Well, I've wanted a jingle for 70 episodes. And you know what? You've been very brave. Thank you. And, you know, you haven't even tried to make your own jingle. I did too. I know. I was being facetious. You ditched it. <laughs> I did. It only played on one show. So you started a jingle competition. Yes. How many entries did we get to said jingle competition? I was expecting at least 10. <laughs> How many did you get? Two. Why does that not bother us? They're both amazing. They are both astonishing. Yes. Can I talk about my Wednesday? Y- your Wednesday? My Wednesday. Okay. Did I say one Wednesday? It sounded a bit like that. Okay. Yeah. Can I talk about my Wednesday? Yes. So... AJ and I are meeting Danielle Helson, one of the people we work with, and we're having a meeting, and we're eating, we're eating, uh, yeah, we were, we're eating at a restaurant. Fish and tacos. I get a tweet from a friend of mine, Will, Will Law, who has moved from England to Tennessee to do the school. Yeah. And uh, he's quickly become a friend of ours. And he tweets me and he says, hey, here is Jonathan Mann's entry to your jingle competition. Now, for those of you who don't know who Jonathan Mann is, let me back up a little bit. I didn't know who he was. You didn't know who he was, Mm -hmm. but I knew who he was because Jonathan Mann, some of you might know him as the Song A Day Man on YouTube. This guy has been writing a song every day since January 1st, 2009. That's impressive. Every day, new song, uploads it to YouTube. That's as long as we've lived in Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. Good night. So he's a pretty good songwriter. Mm Mm-hmm. The reason I knew of him was he wrote a song 
remember the iPhone 4 came out and there was an antenna problem? Yes. But it really wasn't a problem. He wrote a song about that. And Apple famously played his song at a press conference. So that's the first time I ever heard about Jonathan Mann. And then from time to time, I'd you know see the stuff he's done. He's a very clever man. He, he's a brilliant writer. He's a creative genius. And so anyway, I know who he is. The other reason I know who he is is I listen to another podcast each week called Accidental Tech Podcast. It's a technology podcast mostly about Apple stuff. It's accidental. And you know it because you hear me listen to it. Yeah. And Jonathan Mann wrote the jingle for that song. Mm-hmm. So, Which is very catchy. Very catchy because he's a brilliant songwriter. Mm-hmm. So I listen to you know this podcast every week. I hear this jingle. Turns out Will listens to the same podcast, so we kind of bonded over our love of tech podcasts. That's a real shocker there. Yep. So Jonathan Mann is a big deal. Like, you know, I've known who he is. So when I see Will mention him, his Twitter name, I'm like, is this a joke? Like, does, does Will know Jonathan? I, what? what? Is this one big massive disappointment? Is it a cruel joke? And at the back of my head, I'm thinking... Oh my gosh, what if Jonathan Nance actually written a jingle for our podcast? Because truth be told, when you said, I want a jingle for the podcast, I was like, I only want a jingle for the podcast if it's by Jonathan Mann, because I love the Accidental Tech Podcast jingle, because it's super catchy. Okay. So we're at the restaurant, we're in the middle of a meeting, I'm trying to honor the people I'm having a meeting with, but I have this tweet burning a hole in my iPhone. And so I'm trying to surreptitiously click on it, and what do you know, it's a link to Dropbox. I click on it, and here is... Jonathan Mann singing about our podcast and boy did he nail it yeah really good jingle here's the problem we're often asked uh, what's your podcast about and we can't summarize it but this guy not only summarized it he made it rhyme and he put it to music so I said Danielle would you excuse me I, I, I have to play this so I just was the obnoxious person in the middle of a restaurant playing a song from their iPhone to the point where the tables around us turned around to see what was going on and I was in shock. I was in absolute you were giddy awe. giddy like a school girl. I was giddy like a school girl on a bag of crack. I was <laughs> unbelievably high. It was amazing. <laughs> like, so here's this person whose work I've admired for a long time. You know, I, anyway, I was just like, what is going on? So I got to listen to it once, left that meeting, went straight into another meeting. Mm-hmm. And the person we're having a meeting with, Michelle, I was like, hey, do you have headphones on you? And she was like, uh, yeah. I was like, I need to listen to this. So <laughs> I listened to it over and over and over again. And I hope you agree, Jonathan did an incredible job on that. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone. It's a fantastic jingle. And then there's Jesse's jingle, which I can't get the little tune out of my head. I've been singing it in my head for so days. Our Jesse, as we like to call her, or as Tia calls her, my Jesse is one of our worship leaders at Grace Center, and she's got the voice of an angel. We love her to pieces. But she's also an incredibly talented songwriter. So she said, hey, I'm going to write you a jingle. And 
bless her, she did write a jingle, and just as the deadline was approaching, she uploaded a jingle to SoundCloud, we downloaded it, and again, it's amazing. If you like donuts, fish tacos, Apple products, and Mario, the most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Alan and AJ's podcast for your Monday Most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses So here's our dilemma We've got two amazing jingles We do What are we going to do about it? Look at my sad eyes. Oh, it's such a hard decision. I think what we do is because you're so excited about the song a day guy doing the jingle that we do his jingle, but we thank Jesse profusely for writing us such a wonderful jingle. And then maybe we can stick it in here and there <laughs> as a as a surprise. Like, oh, they played the other jingle. Kind of scenario. Look at you. You're just a great problem solver. There You're you so go. full of wisdom. See? All right. This week, yes. we were teaching the school about a whole host of inner healing topics. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we both love to teach on. Yes. And we both often fight about who gets to teach on. Yeah, we often do. But this year, I got it. You <laughs> did. And it's the topic of ungodly beliefs. Yes. Tell us what an ungodly belief is, AJ Jones. An ungodly belief is something that appears to be absolutely true based on the facts of your experience, but is absolutely false based on God's word. That's a very good definition, but what is it? Well, it's a lie that you believe because of things that you've been through um, that is robbing life from you. Give me some examples. So, well, if you grew up um, in a house where maybe nobody uh, noticed you, maybe it was a big family or a dysfunctional home or something, and you just sort of came away with the feeling that you're invisible or you don't count. Later on in life, um, as life plays out, every time something happens that could possibly feed that lie, it does, because the enemy makes sure that that lie gets fed. And so... So you mean you're overlooked for an invitation to a party or something? Right. And instead of being, you know, you being able to go, oh, you know, there's a million people, of course, they, you know what I mean? It, it's the, oh, yeah, that's because I'm invisible and I don't count. And it adds to your lie. And it's funny because they don't sound so blatant in your head, do they? It's like a running track. Some people call it ants, automatic negative thoughts. Yeah. It's just this well-rehearsed belief system rather than something you're like, I'm not going to choose to believe this. But you believe, right. well, yeah, I'm I'm not as popular as other people. Or Well, they sound true because they're based on your experience. Right. And based on your experience, you could sit down and go, this was the time I was rejected. This is the time people thought I was invisible. And you can point at it. But the trouble is when you line up what you believe with what Scripture says about you, there's often a huge discrepancy. Right. So you have a God that will never leave you or forsake you. You have a God who's 
numbered the hairs on your head. You have a God who has loved you with an everlasting love. And so you read things like that, but there's no bucket to put it in. Right. Because that lie is so powerful because of your experience, but it's at war with the truth of God's word. And so um, we love the teaching because it's dismantling those lies, which enables you then to live and operate out of the truth of who God is and who he says you are and who he is to you, as opposed to the truth of what your experience has been. Talk to me about your dad, because your dad, I love this example, it's quite a powerful, ungodly belief that to us on the outside looks ridiculous, but to him who believed it all his life, there was nothing ridiculous about it. So my um, my dad grew up in um, a dysfunctional home. His dad was lovely, but had fought in both wars and was you know just kind of shut down and stuff. And his mom was quite aggressive and uh, well, kind of mean. And so she would say she would tell him all the time that he was stupid from the time he was really little. She'd just right. be like, "Teddy, you're stupid." Just repetition through his yeah, childhood. You're so stupid. You know. And, you know, they got, my dad was anything but stupid. He had three degrees from university. So he had a history degree, an engineering degree, and an architectural degree. And he read the encyclopedia for fun. Did he just spend his 20s in higher education facilities? Yes. And all of it graduating the very top of his class in full ride scholarship because his family had no money. So not stupid then? Not stupid. Um, Just excelled at anything he put his mind to. You know, just really, really smart. And then they had him tested at one point, and I can't remember if it was 156 or 166, but he's well into genius. But his whole life, until he died, he believed he was stupid because his mother had said it to him over and over and over again as a child. And he would find corresponding events in his life to reinforce that belief that would override. But hey, Teddy, you have three degrees. Like you're an independent architect. You're obviously a very intelligent man. He would in his own life, be able to point to, well, yeah, but I'm stupid because of this and this and this and this. Right. Any little mistake that he could find, and it wouldn't even necessarily be a mistake in regards to intelligence. Right. But like when everything fell apart with the family and God started restoring my relationship with him, I remember him just, he would beat himself up so badly, like, I was so stupid and blah, blah, you know. So I get that he wished that things could have been different, but that lie was so ingrained in him that he constantly believed he was stupid. Right. And so we've used some fairly simple ungodly beliefs there. And the interesting thing about ungodly beliefs is they appear completely ridiculous to everybody on the outside. For example, anorexia is a great example of an ungodly belief at work. Right. You've got somebody who is unhealthily thin. Yeah. To any outside medical practitioner or just the general public looking at somebody who's in advanced stages of anorexia. I mean, this person is skin and bones, but to them... Looking in a mirror, I'm just fat, I'm obese, I'm hideous, I'm disgusting. And that's an extreme example. But we have, all of us have ungodly beliefs somewhere nestled in our life for for years. Yeah, and And you get them from different experiences. And we think of them as normal. Mm -hmm. And the tricky part is finding them. Yeah, I mean, I remember one of my big ones when I first heard this teaching was about, um, I had an ungodly belief that if I love someone, they'll leave. Now, I had experience to back that up. I had experience with my dad. I had experience with my first husband. So I had experience that if you love someone, they leave. Um, right. But the Lord was trying to get close to me, and I couldn't even let him get close to me because 
it defiles everyone. You know, it's that tape that plays. And so um, I, the Lord was saying to me, you know, I want to bring restoration in your life, but I can't because you're not going to let anybody close because you're believing this lie more than you're believing in my goodness, more than, more than you're believing in my ability to heal you, you know, to restore you, to set you free. And so I remember the day that I was sitting there working on that lie and even, you know, you're supposed to write out the godly belief. And I, I was so convinced of the lie, I couldn't hear the godly belief. So I actually had to turn to some friends for help. You know, can you help me hear the truth of what God has to say? These are some of the common ungodly beliefs we found while ministering to people. So there, it's unlikely that the ones we're going to read out are going to sound exactly like what you believe. But it's likely that at some level and somewhere you've believed something similar. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I don't belong. I'll always be on the outside. Or my feelings don't count. Or no one will love me just for me being me. How about this one? I've messed up so badly that I've missed God's best for me. Yeah. If you believe that at some level, you'll continue messing up so badly to prove that you've missed God's best for you. Mm-hmm. But imagine what it would be like if you got rid of that and believed that God is the God that repays the years of locusts of Eden. Yeah, and you may not even continue to mess up badly. You may just live a mediocre life, never actually seeing his best because you think you don't deserve it. What about this one? I'll never get credit for what I do. Yeah. Should we talk about our great ungodly belief in our marriage? Yes. So when AJ and I went away for a week of ministry with Chester and Betsy Kilstra, our dear friends, they listen to you speak for a week and then say, hey, here are your ungodly beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I had, a, I had an ungodly belief that AJ will never give me credit for anything I'm doing at home. And she doesn't actually do anything anyway. And what she does do is just woman's work. Now, I was hugely offended that he would suggest that I actually believe something so misogynistic, something so sexist, so something absolutely appalling. And so I fought him and said, I don't believe that. Well, you behave as if it's true. And I actually had to take a step back and go, cerebrally, I don't believe that AJ's doing woman's work, quote-unquote, and that somehow that's menial. But I couldn't argue with the fruit that when AJ would point out that, hey, honey, when you say I haven't done anything, but I've done this, this, and this, somehow I was excusing her from doing anything real and substantial. So as you might imagine, that brought tremendous blessing into our marriage. Mm-hmm. And you had an ungodly belief that sounded like what? Well, I mean, I had a couple that all fed the same thing, I think, but I I had one that was, you know, I'll never get any credit for what I do. Alan doesn't see what I do. He only sees what he does. So imagine two people in a marriage with both those ungodly beliefs fueling their self-righteousness, keeping scores of what the other person's doing. That was a recipe for huge amounts of friction in our marriage. Yeah. But then you get to deal with your ungodly belief by replacing it with a godly belief. Talk to me about how you how you get rid of ungodly beliefs. Well, I mean, after you've identified them, you pray through breaking agreement with them and um, you ask the Lord to give you the godly belief that's the counter right. for that. So step one is you just confess that you've been believing a lie. Yes. Like, Lord, would you forgive me for believing the lie that my wife doesn't do anything that actually counts? Yeah. And then you extend forgiveness to anybody who taught you to even think that way. 
Yeah. So I think about the people in my life who would have taught me what is woman's work and what isn't, what does have value, what doesn't. Right. And I'm realizing, oh, I didn't come to that conclusion on my own. So I forgive anybody involved who taught me to think that way. And then you renounce and break agreement with a lie. Yeah. And you say the whole lie out, like right. you renounce and break agreement with I a lie. I renounce and break agreement with a lie that what AJ's doing doesn't count and it's just woman's work. Yeah. And then... And then you ask the Lord for the godly belief. So what does that look like? Well, um, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's it's usually a mix of scripture verses and, and just truth, like listening to the Lord and him saying, you know, here's the truth of that counters that lie. Right. And usually, um, often you need help finding it because you've believed that lie for so long that it seems like, well, I... I couldn't, I couldn't find the truth if it hit me in the face, you know? Right. And even when you do find the truth, and the truth to that statement is, it is my pleasure to love AJ as Christ loved the church. And my job is not actually to keep score of what she's doing, but to lay down my life for her. So that's a very effective godly belief at nullifying the old one. Mm-hmm. But when you say that, you're like, I'm not sure I even believe that. <laughs> Which is why you repeat the godly belief for 30 days. So you're doing this exercise where you've got a list of these godly beliefs that you're trying to, because Romans 12 says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. So we have these list of godly beliefs that we just declare until we actually believe it. Yeah. And then we keep declaring until we feel like it's true. Yeah. Only for us, like usually when you do your healing, your healing week, they tell you to say it every morning for 30 days, you know, because you're trying to get it into your head. And then we realized that we needed a bit more than 30 days because like, Two days after the 30 days were up, you know. We were, we're doing so well. We were doing so well. And then we snapped. <laughs> then we snapped and started like getting mad at each other in the car. Yeah, well, you're always on your laptop. Yeah, well, you don't do anything anyway. <laughs> and then we were like, <gasps> this sounds like our ungodly beliefs. Oh, no. So we both were like, okay, read your godly beliefs. And so we did it for another two months. Right. Just to like, okay, you know, 90 days. <laughs> Let's. Let's let 90 days help us. But you'll hear ungodly beliefs in everybody's life. Like, I'm not an artist. I'm not creative. Yeah. I'm not musical. I'm not prophetic. I'm not beautiful. I'm not a good mom. Yeah. And the ones that we express are the easy ones to find, especially if you're in a community and a culture that understands these because you can snitch on each other. Yeah. The ones you never express and just think about, they're much harder to find. Yeah. And God is so good to uproot those. Yeah. It is fun being in relationship with people though that you that will call you on stuff and that you've given permission to call you on stuff cuz um maybe if well I suppose if you don't want to deal with your stuff it doesn't that wouldn't be very fun. But <laughs> I just love having people around like Sarah Parsons or Shannon or whoever that will go, "Hey, that's a lie." Right. You know, when it comes out of your face and you go, "Oh, right." Okay. Sarah's like a sniper. Uh ungodly statements that come out of your face yeah she's like your words are verbal contract yeah your words have power (laughs) god bless sarah parsons you know who else we need to bless who lyle and allison phillips have started a podcast yes they have and they're up to like episode three or four already wow way to go guys overachievers right there they are amazing if you (laughs) haven't heard their podcast. We'll put a link to them in their show notes. They're doing a great job. Super want to encourage them as they start into this podcasting lark. AJ, we've got some listeners' questions for you. We do? Yeah. Okay. You're going to love this question. Alan, 
AJ, oh, this is from Ella. You guys are both brilliant, and I love being able to listen to your podcast at work. Thank you. My question is about raising kids as spirit-filled parents. I was raised in a Calvinistic environment where the Bible was really the third member of the Trinity rather than the Holy Spirit. I have heard you guys talk about how your little ones hang out with Jesus before bedtime or how they sing in tongues. That gives me so much hope for my future and my future kids. What is it like to be parents who have a very real relationship with the Holy Spirit, and how does that affect your kids and your relationship with them? Also, if you have any cool or funny stories about your kiddos and the supernatural, I would love to hear them. Thank you. What is it like? Well, I suppose we don't know what it's like to not be that way, like on one level. So I think we're just trying to be ourselves and have the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit in front of our kids. And thankfully, we go to a church that the kids are learning about the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, too. So they they ask tons of questions. Right. And they're super hungry, and we just try not to shut them down. And I think it would probably be very, very prudent for us right at the beginning to say, in no way do we think that we are incredible parents who are flowing in the Holy Spirit. I think most days we're thinking we're doing the best we can with what we have. We just need to make it to seven until we go to bed. (laughs) So I would hate for us to put ourselves out there as some sort of benchmark to emulate. That that would be sheer folly. Yeah, We do have an amazing church and we do have amazing children's pastors and we are very, very blessed to have hungry kids and we live in a culture and a community that fosters all of this stuff. So I think the big thing for me, Ella, was I remember when our first daughter was born, Abigail. And at the time, we lived with John and Carol Arnott, who are really great revivalists. And I thought of the kindness of God, really, toward me, that my kids would grow up with grandparents slash spiritual grandparents who've led a revival. Yeah. And I thought, like, when I got really hungry for the Holy Spirit in my mid-twenties, I would read books about John and Carol. I'd read books by John and Carol. I didn't know them at all. And everything that is normal to my kids today cost me everything I had. Yeah. In terms of cost me relationships, dignity, money. I don't think of it in terms of cost, but I had to work hard through my unbelief. I had to attend conferences, I had to pray, I had to fast to get what I now have that my kids get for free. Right. So I just think the kindness of God really is that I thought all my hunger in my 20s was for me, not knowing that everything I was doing in seeking the kingdom would have a reward for my children. Right. Well, you think about God does things in generations, doesn't he? Right. He loves to do things in generations, and generational blessing is a very real thing. So yeah, your hunger and your passion opens a door for your your children to to skate through something right. that, that might have been uphill for you. And so from a very early age, they all saw in the spirit. Mm-hmm. It took me years to work out how to see in the spirit, and I wasn't sure I could do it. it took me years before I ever spoke in tongues. My my six year old and my eight year old just sings in tongues. And it's amazing. My little two year old, when I put him to bed, is doing his best at speaking in tongues. He goes dick dick dick. But, you know, what's normal for them was not normal for me. So I, I, honestly, it's anything good that you see in us as parents is really a result of Jesus. And I guess our, I mean, I give a lot of credit to my mom who, I think my methodology to parenting is what she showed us, which is just 
love and then apologize when you get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky to have a lot of good parenting influences around right. us. Like um, Julia Marty Curley are amazing. You know, so there's people that we can go to and go, uh, I think I screwed up or I don't know what to do with this situation or this question or whatever. So I think parenting is a lot about apologizing and um, <laughs> doing the best you can and, and you know. I also think not not being embarrassed about the Holy Spirit. No. So if you're at home, in our home, you know, we do have worship music on. We are reading books. We are, they overhear our conversations. They listen to us at breakfast, talk to each other about the dreams we had last night. And so it all becomes very, very normal for them. So I can't remember what your question was, Ella, but I hope, I hope that helps. And we don't have any cooler stories than the ones we've already told on our podcast. So yeah, we'll tell you them as they come along. How's that? All right. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. Because there's apple pie. There is apple pie. And there's haagen And there's muffins to make and chicken salad to make. Forget that. There's haagen It's Sunday night. There's I got Dolce things de to Leche do. and vanilla bean <laughs> with apple pie. You're hysterical. We've got two things going on this yeah. week. We've got our show notes. Go to alanaj.com slash 71. Mm-hmm. But we're also doing a fun little internet project. We would love you to send us a selfie of you. Oh, yeah. We're putting together a little video And we'd love to have you in that video. So here's what to do. Take a selfie or find one you already love, upload it to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc., and tag us in it. We are at Alan, A-L-Y-N, and AJ on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, you'll find us as Alan and AJ Jones. And then we'll collect them all. We'll make a beautiful collage. Um, But could you do that for us this week? We'd love to get as many selfies as we possibly can. That'd be great. We'll put something out on our website too. And then thirdly, around about this time, everybody asks us for our Halloween talk. Yeah. It is on our website, but because we've had so many requests, what I'm actually doing is taking our notes and taking the audio and turning it into a video so you can see the notes with the audio. And that should be up sometime this week. So head to alanaj.com, look in the blog, and we'll post a link to it there. Perfect. So thanks for tuning in. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next week.